This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College and President of New Perspectives and Credit Counselor Chris Burford. We're opening up the phone lines this morning for your personal finance questions. Also, we'll talk about some money-saving tips that you can use throughout the year. Uh, give us a call with your questions today at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven. 672-7464. You can send an email to money at mpbonline.org. So good morning to you both. Hope that you're doing well. Good morning. Good morning. Any excitement this weekend? No, I just relaxed. Uh, worked in the yard some. Uh, uh, I've got just piles and piles of leaves. <laughs> uh, uh, but um, it was just uh, it was a good weekend, though. Really, really nice, though, otherwise. I was just a total slug. Okay. <laughs> How about that? That's what weekends are for, I think. I don't usually do that, but I'm just like, nah, that's it. Did you just hibernate? Just pretty no, much. Pretty much. You got to do that every once in a while. You really do. I don't, I don't know if I've mentioned, but uh, um, I know a couple of guys on the Millsaps College tennis team that uh, have, have been helping me with my game, and so I went to watch uh, one of their matches Saturday. Uh, so it's always good to see people who actually know what they're doing, and so uh, it was it was fun. Uh, both of the guys that I knew uh, won both their doubles and singles matches. Uh, Millsaps apparently has a very good tennis team, so that was a lot of fun. And as I say, uh, good to see some of the things that they're trying to teach me uh, in action, and I could recognize again what I'm supposed to be doing. So it, yeah, that ball moves a little bit faster yeah. with them, doesn't it? <laughs> Quite a bit, yes. The other thing I was telling, I had a, a lesson last night with one of them, and I was saying even the way they. They're able to pick up the ball. It's one of those things where the racket by the side of the foot, and they you know pick the ball up, and they can. Every time I try to do that, the ball just bounces everywhere, and it, it, it's an embarrassment. I, so. I think that's the least of your troubles. <laughs> so, how long did you watch the matches? I mean, how was it? Two hours, four hours, or what? Well, that uh, the doubles match, they play what's called a pro set, which instead of six games, it's eight games, uh, and it's for time consideration. So that was probably about an hour or so, and then the singles matches started. I watched uh, pr- the first set, and then uh, it was getting. A little bit late. They, it started at four. They actually had two uh, different matches in one day, uh, and so I left probably about six thirty or seven. Uh, it was getting a little chilly. Plus, I had played uh, in tennis the, that morning at Ridgeland in what we call a tennis mixer. So I was extremely sore. So I, I gimped my way uh, out of there and went to get something to eat. But as I said, it was really exciting. And as Nancy says, a lot faster. And it's good to see uh, tennis being played the way it should be, the way, uh, you know, because we, we see so much of the, the lower level there where I'm at. So that was a lot of fun. But in our, our minds, in That's our minds, <laughs> Kevin, we are like pros. You know, well, I certainly try to dress the part. That's, you know, you got to look good on the court. There's no difference in them going, wow, that was a great shot. Then you going, same thing. That was a great shot. No problem. So, Nancy, what about the financial news? In the news? Well, the big buzz uh, has been the Snapchat IPO. Oh, and yes. An IPO is an initial public offering. So this is the first time this company offered its shares to be purchased on the public marketplace. And uh, it's a strange kind of a deal. First of all, I don't really know what Snapchat is. <laughs> I, ha- I I did have uh, set up an account. Uh, I don't really get it. I've been talking to the young people in my office. I've been talking to my students, getting them to try to explain to me. And I can't still figure out how do you really monetize this thing and make money off of it. And they have said when they did the IPO, well, we don't, we're not making money and we don't 
think we're going to make money in the foreseeable future. And the stock that they offer did not have voting rights. That's another weird thing, because normally when you own common stock, you get to vote on things. You have a say in what happens with the company. And so these guys are like, no, we'll just take our money and you go your way. Um, so it was really more like a cash out for the owners. And um, what happened, you had so much hype. So that stock went up close to $30 and then fell back below 24 dropping over 12% yesterday. Mm. So there's a lesson in IPOs. Be very careful. What we know from research is most IPOs, if you look at them a year later, are trading at less than the IPO price. So buyer beware. Uh, and I, it's interesting because the, the stock was just like Snapchat. Like when you said the Snapchat, it just disappeared. It just disappeared, like it just in, disappeared. Yeah. In seconds after it was uh, after you had it. Very good, Sam. Very good. But yeah, the report I heard on NPR kind of said the same thing that they, if they really needed wanted to make money, they're going to have to broaden because it is apparently I think like thirteen to yeah, and, and that's what I've talked to my students about. We were talking about an investment club. If if that's your age group as far as who you have accounts with, um, that doesn't represent that great of value to advertisers who are collecting data on that group. Um, it's the reason Facebook has ended up being so profitable because, you know, it's it's our age group and, and we have money to spend and we are paying attention to those ads and uh, spending and making decisions based on what we see there. But that, I think that's one of the interesting things about social media and it makes sense is that as it becomes more popular and adults and parents get on there, the teenagers say, hey, we're going to go they find leave. the next one. They leave, right? right. Yeah. I, I've got Snapchat. I've used a little bit. To me, it's not very user-friendly. It takes a while to figure out. Um, well, I sure couldn't figure it out. <laughs> you know, I do Twitter, but then when I talk to my students about Twitter, they just roll their eyes now. Oh, we don't do Twitter. We're not on Twitter. Um, so, and, and you look at Twitter's numbers and you see they're not doing well. They're not making money and um uh, so they have all these users but again you know what is your business model and how do you make money and if you're going to buy stock it's all about buying a share of future earnings so that's what you're looking at what's the market what's the sense out there you know what about feeling about the market out there now nancy i mean it's just... well it depends on who you ask <laughs> okay. um, um you know consumer confidence is high okay. um that does push things we were um this is an interesting little t- tidbit too because normally our employment numbers the unemployment rate the jobs added on a monthly basis come out the first friday of every new month so um this past friday you know it's the first part of march and i'm looking for those numbers and i can't find the numbers and then i find that because February is a short month and the way it fell, those numbers won't come out until this Friday. So we need to watch for that. And that really gives us some sense of our people working and that really drives everything because consumer spending is the biggest contributor to our economic help. Uh, We're going to be talking about some money-saving tips this morning, but also it's an open topic day, so we're looking for your personal finance questions. We've got some open phone lines at 1-877-MPB-RING. Call us at 1-877-672-7464 or send an email to money at mpbonline.org. Start the show. Got a couple of items from Attorney General Jim Hood's office. The first Chris uh, made me aware of uh, that this weekend, Friday, March 11th and Saturday, March 12th, across Mississippi, it is Community Shred Day. Uh, The AG is promoting this as a way to help protect your identity. He said when you throw away things like receipts or pre-approved credit offers or unused convenience checks that uh, credit card companies will sometimes uh, send to us, it's not beyond criminals to go through the trash and 
try to pull those out. So in an effort to help keep your identity safe, they're allowing you to come and shred for free a lot of your personal um, information. Uh, it's uh, Friday will be taking place in Jackson and in Tupelo. And then on Saturday, uh, it'll be set up in D'Iberville, Hattiesburg, Meridian, and Vicksburg. So where will they be? Uh, I think in Jackson it said the Home Depot. Home Depot. Uh, but if you go to AG... Which Home Depot? Well, <laughs> they used to, it was really up there on County Line, right there on <clears throat> County Line in um, uh, Frontage Road. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that's where it's been previously for years, okay. so I'm pretty sure it's right there again. Full details at aggjimhood.com. So again, that's Community Shred Day, Friday in Jackson and Tupelo, Saturday in D'Iberville, Hattiesburg, Meridian, and Vicksburg. So, you know, I mean, I would say that's a great opportunity to take advantage of that offer, and anything that we can do as consumers to help protect our identity certainly is worth, um, you know, investing a a little bit of your time this weekend uh, to go and do that. So, Chris, you've got it up there on your phone? Yes, it's Home Depot I-55 North, and uh, starts at 7.30 in the morning. Get on out and do your shopping and then do do your shredding too. All right. Uh, The other thing is something that we mentioned and occurred late last year, and that is um, uh, Attorney General Jim Hood's office investigated credit reporting agencies. Uh, The three major credit reporting agencies have agreed to institute significant reforms in Mississippi. And uh, a rundown of some of the things, we mentioned this on the air, but thought it was interesting to just bring this up again. Um, Mississippi consumers can access an unlimited number of free credit reports from two of the major credit reporting agencies. They're also able to obtain one free FICO score annually for three years. So uh, if you go to transunion.com slash Mississippi, you can get free credit reports. And free credit reports and FICO scores are available at, this is a long one, MississippiCreditReportSettlement.com. So all so will out. you guys post that somewhere? Because that is a long thing. Okay, I think uh, we can... Yeah. So, again, it's uh, transunion.com, Mississippi, easy to remember. But then the other one is MississippiCreditReportSettlement.com. Also, Equi- we podcast the programs real quick, Kevin, and okay. uh, we will po- we will post these uh, this information in that. Perfect. All right. Yeah. Very good. Uh, Equifax has launched a new campaign to educate consumers about credit and to help them improve their financial life. Uh, feelgoodaboutcredit.com. Uh, Some other interesting things from the settlement. Uh, Both of the agencies will conduct annual reviews of debt collectors with the highest consumer dispute rates in Mississippi and address any problems identified during the review. Debt collectors who fail to correct problems may be prohibited from continuing to report information on Mississippi consumers. Also, the agencies will work to implement new procedures for accurately reporting debts that are extinguished under Mississippi law. Uh, The agencies will take steps to ensure that bankruptcy discharges are accurately reported. And Experian will obtain Mississippi consumers' express consent before they're automatically enrolled in a credit monitoring subscription after the free trial period. And TransUnion will ensure that their marketing practices comply with federal and state laws. So uh, the Attorney General has said, uh, did uh, some work there. And uh, And this is really important because... Your credit record determines the price that you're going to pay for money, what your interest rate will be on your mortgage, your car, uh, your credit cards, everything. And so it is critical that that be kept very sacred. And I love that he's done this work and called them to account and are uh, their being the advocate for consumers. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hey, we need to take a quick break. When we get back, the phone lines are open, ready for your personal finance questions this morning. The number is 1-877-MPB-RING. Our phone number is 1-877-672-7464. 
888-7464. You can send an email to money at mpbonline.org. Your personal finance questions and money-saving tips this hour on Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. conferences, executive orders, meetings with foreign leaders. There's plenty to follow in the first 100 days of the new administration, and NPR News will be there, digging deep into the facts and bringing you multiple points of view. Listen every day. Welcome back. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Chris Burford and Nancy Lotter-Danderson. It's an open topic day today. We are looking for your personal finance questions on whatever topic that you need to, to have some information on. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one 672 7464 You can always email the show as well, money at mpbonline.org. All right, uh, we've got a caller on the line, and it's Jeeg calling in from Hattiesburg today. Good morning. Go ahead, please. Good morning. My, my name is Teague. I'm calling from Hattiesburg. Um, I was wondering, I hear a lot of people talk about if they were to have money, they would invest it. But as a young folk, I didn't. I don't know what investing means, and everything I get on the Internet seems to be unclear, and I was wondering if somebody could speak on a good resource for a young person to find good information about investing. Well, there's plenty of information out there. I would say you need to uh, pick up a book. And you, uh, if you're just starting out, you need to look at something we call pooled funds. And a pooled fund is just a collection of securities. So if you wanted to invest in stocks and you're going, I don't know which stock to invest in, maybe you need to invest in a collection or a portfolio of stocks. And you can do this through mutual funds, what we call opened-in mutual funds. And uh, there's a book that it, I don't know that it's still in print, but you could probably find a copy out there called Bogle on Mutual Funds. Um, and John Bogle uh, was the one who is the father of the index mutual fund. And uh, so that's a really good starter. You also can find some information on a very popular type of pooled fund called an ETF, an exchange traded fund. And look at those. And the big issue with any of those is to keep the expenses for those funds low. Make sure they're investing the types of stocks, if you're going to go for stocks that you want, and that they are charging you the least amount. And you can buy a lot of those through discount brokers, Schwab, TD Ameritrade, E-Trade, any of those can offer you access to those. Or you can, you know, if you want to do Vanguard funds, you can go directly to Vanguard and open an account there online. But start at the library or your local bookstore and pick up a couple of books that will educate you about what these things are. Okay, thank you. It was called uh, 
Bogle was the author? B-O-G, B as in boy, O-G-L-E, on mutual funds. Okay, yeah. And and then um, if you go to Morningstar.com, Morningstar is a site that started out by doing research on mutual funds. You could probably find some resources there, some simple resources that explain ETFs, E-Exchange Traded Funds. Okay, yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. Good luck. All right, thanks for the call. We've got some open phone lines on this open topic day, so if you have a personal finance question that needs answering, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Send an email to money at mpbonline.org. Also, since we're talking about uh, saving, as we frequently do on the program, uh, if you have a, a tip or a way that has helped you stay on track financially, saving and uh, uh, making wise financial decisions, if you're willing to share that with us, we'd certainly appreciate that as well. So when we talk about saving money, uh, maybe for both of you, what would be maybe one thing, the first thing that kind of comes to mind when uh, you're advising people about saving money? Well, it's just a good habit to develop. I mean, it's um, uh, you start out at a young age showing children how to save some money, how to set aside some money, and um, uh, what's their goal out of the money, you know, that they're setting aside. And it doesn't have to be perfect at a young age, but it just having that just kind of in the back of the mind that it's important not just at an early age but throughout your lifetime. And um, uh, so I think that's the big thing, just trying to develop a habit and understanding saving saving money for whatever reason is is just something important you've got to do. Well, I think you need to look at um, where you have this impulsive spending going on. And for everybody, it's different. I call it your crazy money. And um, most people have a hard time sticking to a strict budget. But if they can really focus on where they get a little crazy, uh, in my house, uh, we have found that we spend a lot on eating out. You know, it's back to, you know, you're busy, you don't have time, you're just going through and grabbing something. And so if you can really just make an effort to reduce that amount, you'll be amazed how much more you have to be able to spend. You know, and I think one or thing... save. I'm sorry. That we, we've, we've <laughs> oh, about. was that a Freudian <laughs> slip or what? Well, well save to spend. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have to spend on things that are important, right? On yes. things that happen. Yes. Okay. <laughs> And I would say also, too, you know, don't feel like if you identify the crazy money, don't feel like you've got to immediately cut it all out in one month. No, no. Slow steps, small steps. But if you just learn to control that one area, um, that usually is where people get off track, whatever their area is, that they just kind of, you know, throw caution to the wind. Uh, It can be travel. It can be clothes, uh, eating out, uh, all of those things. But learning to control that piece is, is going to then give you some extra money that you can then bank. You know, I was talking to a gentleman the other day, you know, uh, in so so many words. He said, look, I was paying down, honestly paying out of a bankruptcy, and out of a lot of that was just paying off creditors. And then um, after the bankruptcy, after Chapter 13, I paid out. He said, you know, I was going, what do I do with all my money? And I, and I was going, I was kind of leaning over. I was waiting for him to say, and he and he came out with what he said, but I started I just continued putting that money aside, and I said, "Great, what are your goals out of that money?" And, and you know, what were you trying to accomplish out of it? And um, uh, you know, different situations, different things happen. But again, the mindset was, "How do I set it aside?" You know, after that, and um, and kind of in our world, in credit counseling world, is you know, after you're paying down some debts, if you got extra money, just continue the process because you, you know you can do it. 
Right, and that's one of my few success stories, financially speaking, is that same sort of thing. I years ago uh, needed a roof replaced, and so set up a small thing where I was uh, putting money in each month to pay for my deductible part of the roof replacement. And then ever since then, I've continued that, and that has become my emergency fund. Now, I won't say that I'm perfect and I've never touched it for maybe some non-emergency things, but I am very careful about trying to do that and. It's there, and it's it's slowly building. But again, another thing that we talked about is when you start that and you see something build up, you see some savings, you see some spending cuts. Uh, it really fortifies you and 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 gives you the you know the uh, the stick to itiveness to continue and and keep along that same line. Looks like we got another call on the line. This time we're talking to Michelle in Meridian. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning. What's your question? Um, well, we're going to be redoing our will to update it, and I wondered what all should be included in a will, the basics, and then how do you not create an issue for the executor? Uh, you know, what what should be said about that, and they should should an executor be paid for their time, that sort of thing? Well, um, the first thing you need to understand about a will is that the only thing that's going to go through that will are things that don't have a beneficiary. So if you have a 401k at work, IRAs at the bank, even if you have uh, what we call a POD or TOD, pass on death or transfer on death down at the bank, those accounts don't go through the will. They're outside the will. And um, so uh, for a lot of people, many of their assets are under that uh, area. Um, but then you're going to be dealing with property, a home, um, personal property, cars, any other accounts uh, that might go through that. And what you need to do is sit down and talk with an attorney. And, and if you have an attorney who's done wills, they're going to start asking you questions. And what we really run into is what is your family situation? And it becomes more complicated when you have a blended family, how you make sure you meet everybody's requirements, needs, concerns. And um, if you want to make it easy on an executor, yes, you can uh, specify that they are to receive a fee. That's very common to do that. You can also talk to an attorney about the possibility of setting up um, a revocable or living trust. I don't usually promote that. That's more, much more expensive, but a lot of people will do that to make it easier on those people who are managing afterwards. Um, the big sell on a living trust is, oh, it doesn't have to go through probate. Well, probate is really not that big of a deal. Um, most of the time, a simple will will accomplish what you need to have done. But when you sit down with an attorney, they're going to start talking to you about your particular family, the makeup, what your desires are, what kind of assets you have, and that's going to guide you in preparing that. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks for the call, Michelle. We've got some open phone lines on this open topic day. So whatever personal finance question you have, we'll see if we can't give you some assistance at one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one 672 Send an email to money at mpbonline.org. Another thing when we talk about, about uh, money goals is that, you know, I think you need to have a plan, and, and sometimes I think if, if you don't sit down and kind of plan things out, it can be overwhelming. And so an idea is uh, if you want to pay off a credit card, maybe you're trying to buy a house, maybe you're saving for a vacation, that sort of thing, uh, sit down with your family, work some things out, and it's okay to have maybe a short-term goal and a long-term goal going on at the same time. But it's easier to do things, Chris, if you have some sort of plan, some sort of d idea of where you're going. You know, I always say out of sight, out of mind. Um, <laughs> and if you've got something in front of you and, and, you know, people that are goal-driven, 
and, and kind of like deal with numbers, probably thrive, definitely thrive out of this. And um, people that are, you know, have different skill sets and different interests in other ways. Um, but, but again, we're still back to just kind of putting something out in front of you, um, having something to shoot for. Um, uh, even if you need, if somebody that, that doesn't thrive out of this, if they need, I call a mentor or some accountability partner, that's where, you know, reaching out. Uh, to get some, you know, professional advice that might help. Um, uh, but again, back to what we were talking about, you know, putting the money aside, having something to shoot for, something's better than nothing. I, I tell a lot of people that something's better than nothing because there are going to be times and things are going to happen. Uh, the road's not going to be straight for 40 or 50 years. It's going to get windy at times, and you've got to be able to try to work through it, and hopefully you've if you set aside some reserves, resources, assets that can help you work through those situations, then then you, it just it brings the stress down a little bit, makes you feel a little bit more in control. But you know, Nancy is a financial planner. That's kind of essential for you when you when someone comes in. You need to know what their goals are, sure. what their situation is. I mean, that's is. one of the first questions I ask is, you know, what do you want to do? What do you want to accomplish? And you always are going to have um, this variation in the goals. I have some short term goals that could be uh, we need to buy a car in the next six months. Uh, we need to pay down credit cards. We need to build an emergency savings account. Um, I'm going to have intermediate term goals. Well, well, you know, in the next three years, we're going to change houses. Uh, and then you're going to have long term goals, whether it's uh, education of your children. Um, if if you're talking small children, um, it, it could be, you know, now it's retirement, all of those things. And what you need to do is match the goal to the type of investment. So your short-term goals are going to be in savings accounts, certificates of deposit, uh, you know, very short-term investments. And then as you go longer, then you can use longer-term investments. And that's why stocks are really critical to a retirement plan, because that's a long-term investment that produces those higher returns, but you have to have a long time for them to pay off. We need to take a break. Uh, We get back. We're going to continue talking about some money-saving tips, uh, but also looking for your personal finance questions. The phone lines are open, so give us a call if you have one this morning at 1-877-MPB-RING. Our phone number is 1-877-672-7464. You can always email the show as well, money at mpbonline.org. More Money Talks after this. MPB news stories, the local shows you love, up-to-date severe weather info, and the state and worldwide reach telling the story of Mississippi. You're listening to MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotter-Janderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College and President of New Perspectives, and Credit Counselor Chris Burford. It's an open topic day, so whatever... Uh, 
personal finance questions that you have. We'll try to give you some assistance this morning. Give us a call. We've got some open phone lines. One eight seven seven MPB ring. It's one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464. Send an email to money at mpbonline.org. We do have an email to get to, but uh, someone left a question. We had earlier a, a question from a young man about sort of getting into investing and that sort of thing. And Nancy, I think a lot of people might be a little bit intimidated, thinking, well, maybe, you know, I don't have enough money I, and that sort of thing. Oh, you can start with a small amount, you know, 100 $200 will get you started. And um, again, if you look at these pooled funds, mutual funds, exchange traded funds, first read about them and understand uh, what they are. And you can then, you know, young people are very comfortable going online and you can find ways to open accounts online. You send money in and get yourself started. You can even set it up for a regular monthly draft. Okay, I can only add $50 a month, but that's going to go into that investment account and then you can purchase new things and buy into new funds. And before you know it, it builds up. Uh, what about if, if someone who has a mutual fund, how frequently do you think that they should kind of revisit what they are investing in? Well, I would say once a year at least. You, just, you know, you don't have to just hang over it like hawk, but um, uh, once a year, go back and look at that and see how it's performing. If you don't really understand what it is and what you're paying for that, you might could just um, hire somebody to take a look at it for you and explain it to you. And um, you can go online and read up on that fund. You can read what their charges are. You can read what's in the portfolio. You can find out what their rates of return have been. And so that's a way for you to judge whether you want to hang on to it. And in most accounts, then it is fairly easy to, to swap in and out? Very easy. In fact, if you'd use like a discount broker, a Schwab, E-Trade, TD Ameritrade, you can buy one fund and then you can say, well, I don't really like that one. I'm going to use another one. And you can do it within that same account. Uh, we have an email here that says, uh, can you talk about your opinion about online tax websites? Are they legit? What recommendations would you make when doing taxes online? Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you say online tax websites, uh, they're out there, TurboTax. Uh, you know, again, I'm not up to speed on all of them, but I think it's gotten more advanced. It's better now. Uh, even going back to the IRS, uh, there, you know, there may be, there's maybe a few limitations there, but I, I think it's gotten better, and I think it's going to even be better as years go by. And, um, uh, again, more and more people get more comfortable online, making sure, you know, it's a secured website, a, a well-known uh, website, and, um, and more and more people are going online and doing taxes. Well, the IRS has a free file system, so if you're under a certain income limit, they will direct you to a software online so you can do it for free. And I think they also have um, listings or a way to access other online preparers that are, you know, basically get their seal of approval. So most of them are pretty good. Yeah, the, and I've noticed just on advertisements uh, that is tax time this uh, this time of year that, that, that it seems like more and more companies are offering them. And I love the, I think it's H&R Block, and I think it's the guy from Mad Men, but there's one where he's supposed to be, uh, he's in a movie, and he's it's like, you can now file for free. But uh, anyway, there's some funny Well, you know, there. and they're cutting the IRS, so hey, what's <laughs> <laughs> the big deal? It's not a problem. But I'll agree, um, I did that, I've used them for a couple of years, and uh, I went through irs.gov, if you go there, 
and type in um, your uh, some, some a little bit of information, they will give you which ones that you can get for free. So that's what I did and was able to free uh, file free both uh, federal and state uh, this year, and that was a real help. And to me, they're they're very easy to do. It's kind of a step by step process. In fact, the one I used this year was like you know, do you want the full Monty where we're going to go through very deliberately, or do you want to kind of do the the summary there of. Uh, but so you can uh, you can go either way. But if you need all the assistance and and uh, and help you can get there, it's there for you online. How long did it take you to go through and finish? You know, just kind of beginning to end, you know, and just just uh, a guess. I I would say an hour or so maybe okay. for both federal and state. So and again, I you know mine's fairly simple, but uh, I you know I think it's 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 fairly quick. Uh, and again, as much help as you need, uh, that it's there for you. Well, you know, next time I, wear your pajamas <laughs> when you do it. <laughs> but um, you know, honestly, let's say an hour and a half. It was free. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm being honest. You, you know, you it was pretty simple form. Uh, you saved yourself anywhere between could be a hundred to two hundred fifty dollars. Uh, so it, and, you know, every penny that's if you're getting refunds, every penny of that's coming back to you. And uh, and I got the uh, where is my refund? And I believe that the IRS said it was should be in my account as of uh, yesterday. So, oh. good news. Ah, shoe shopping time. <laughs> oh, lunch time, Nancy. Yeah. yeah. Actually, it's Mississippi Braves ticket buying oh. time. Ah. <laughs> We've got another caller on the line, so we say good morning to Tony in Long Beach. Good morning, Tony. Good morning. How are you all today? Good. What's your question for us? I'm, I'm looking for something to help me decide about whether or not it's time to pay the mortgage on our house. Right now, we, we haven't paid it off because it's the one big thing that helps us itemize in our income tax. But uh, I just turned 65 last year, so it'll be the first time that I get that extra deduction. So it's just something my wife and I can't agree on. I'd like to pay it off, and she wants to keep hanging on to the um so, Tony, you've been getting a tax deduction, so that tells me there's still a lot of interest and you still have, have quite a ways to go on the mortgage, right? Right, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what's your interest rate you're paying? Uh, you know, I, I don't even remember. It's been it's been about 10 years. We've got like 20 years left. We could, I mean, we have the cash to pay it off. But okay, but, but, just, but what you need to do is you need to look at the math. So... What is the price of the money that you're paying on that mortgage? For instance, if you find out I'm paying 4%, and then you need to... It's probably about 5%, I believe. Well, go look it up, because you know what? That should be tattooed on the inside of your skull. You should know that. That's what you're paying for that. Um, So find that first, and then look at what your investment accounts are earning for you. And also consider if you're still getting a tax break on the interest, then that 5%, if it's 5%, is not a true 5%. It may be only 4% or 3.5%. And so that's where you're going to compare that to what you're earning on your money to say whether I'm going to give up this money and pay it off. The other thing to consider is liquidity. So your house is not a liquid asset. So if you take that liquid money that's in an account and you take a big chunk of it, are you going to be risking your position? You know, if you have a lot of other liquid assets, it be, might be okay. But if you're giving up a fair amount of your liquid assets just to pay off the house, which is not liquid, and I always say you can't break off a brick and take it down to the grocery store. 
um, then you might have second thoughts about doing that. And I know, I mean, I have that same feeling, too, that you, you're retired, and my goodness, we need to pay off the house because um, if, if all else fails, we have no income any longer except Social Security and whatever we can get from investments. We always will have a roof over our heads. But it's incorrect to think that you must not have a mortgage when you retire. It depends. Okay. So have I muddied the water? <laughs> well, I mean, you just kind of described the, art, the discussion that my wife and I both have. You're on her side. Ah, okay. Well, um, look at your numbers. Yeah. Just look at your numbers. Okay. And what's going to happen, what's going to happen, Tony, at some point, um, because of the change in your income, because you're moving further towards the maturity of that mortgage, then the tax break just doesn't do anything for you anymore it just goes away and so at that point that's when you may just say we, we clear it out okay thanks for your call tony this is money talks on mpb think radio open topic day so we're looking for your personal finance questions and the phone lines are open at one eight seven seven mpb ring it's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four send us an email money at mpbonline.org so krista your credit counselor what uh, what would you say what are some of the things maybe that uh, that families might be dealing with there that, that credit counseling can really help? Is it maybe if someone, a, a family that's just starting out, we talk about budgets, setting up that sort of thing. Is that something that a credit counselor can help with, is getting someone started on the right path? Yeah, you know, it's, uh, from an education standpoint, what's critical there, you know, just talking about budgeting money. And, um, uh, you know, I tell a lot of people, don't get stressed out over just trying to, Try to use some simple numbers and uh, work on a couple categories uh, or line items. I'll say line items. Budgeting to credit. Um, you know, how do I start out building credit? Uh, here's, here's some examples of some ideas. You know, a lot of people borrow against their own money. Usually that's the cheapest way to do it. Or, or again, they might pick up a credit card. They might say, well, I'm going to start out with one credit card. And, again, we, we're very um, cautious about that and saying, hey, be very cautious, manage it. Um, uh, and then maybe lead into, at some point in time, maybe soon we get into a car loan. And then maybe if they want the goals to buy a house. Uh, there are times that things are going great uh, for three years, five years, seven years, and all of a sudden life events happen. Uh, things get out of line. Uh, from a budget to expenses to um, uh, even credit, uh, and then with a credit counselor can sit back down and try to kind of put the pieces back together, help them, show them some ideas. And a lot of it's encouragement. A lot of it's kind of, you know, kind of clear your mind, set your goals, regroup. Uh, it, you know, sometimes it's a short-term fix, Kevin. Sometimes it's a long-term. It takes some time. And, um, uh, you know, and a lot of credit counselors also is part of that, too, is getting out of debt if there's, uh, somebody said, well, I don't have any debt. Then 10 years later, they could have life events happen. Now I owe $30,000 on credit cards. And um, uh, how do I work through that? So it's a, uh, it is people and their money and kind of in a simple form. Uh, and I kind of call the the basics of, you know, budgeting and credit kind of go hand in hand. And uh, so that's what a credit counselor can do for somebody. So it looks like it is kind of a wide range of things, begin sort of just starting out. And then if you're getting into a little bit of trouble and need some help. And I, I, I like the idea, too, of it's at that independent a third party that sometimes you can give some uh, some non-emotional uh, mm-hmm. information. Uh, and so is there an association, if someone is looking for one in their area, would... would yeah, they could call, you know, National Foundation for Credit Counseling, the NFCC, um, and what that is, kind of a, that's a guiding body that uh, a lot of when I call credit counseling organizations are a member of, but when people call in, it'll pretty much disperse them out in their local area. 
uh, to have a representative contact him, or they'll go. They could go directly into a live call uh, with a credit counselor. So it's um, uh, it, you know, that's where I'd start first with the National Foundation for Credit Counseling. Very good. One final break this hour. When we get back, we've got some open phone lines ready for your personal finance questions. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. The number to call if you have a question this morning is one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven. 672-7464. You can always send an email to money at mpbonline.org. Back to wrap up Money Talks after this. Information presented on Money Talks is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult a financial advisor or any other qualified professional for guidance about your personal finance questions. From the Capitol steps to your front door, MPB News covers the state like no one else. Our team of award-winning journalists keeps you informed on the news affecting your life. MPB News, online at mpbonline.org and on MPB Think Radio. MPB Think Radio goes off the beaten path with diverse perspectives and award-winning content, attracting an audience who appreciate honesty and value. Sound familiar? Reach your target audience with an MPB underwriting credit. For more information, go to mpbonline.org. Lockridge Anderson and Chris Burford. It's an open topic day, so we've been asking for your personal finance questions. Still uh, eight or nine minutes left to go in the show, so time to work in a call or two at one eight seven seven mpb ring The phone number is one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, or send us an email, money at mpbonline.org. We're going to Gulfport for our next caller. Kevin is on the line. Like that name, Kevin? Good morning. Hey, Kevin, this is Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have for us this morning? Question for you, just some feedback. I, I have a decent chunk of change. I did some time in the service, worked for the federal government, and I do my mutual fund investment retirement through the TSP program. And they have a process called life cycle um, where you can put in a date that you're going to want your money, and then they adjust it investment-wise according to when you want your money, i.e., the older you are in life, the lower risk you want your investments to be, the younger you are, the higher risk investments. I want to know what's your take on the TSP-type um, investment module or model. 
Well, Kevin, I'm impressed that you have this figured out already. And uh, you're exactly right. That's how a life cycle fund, we've been talking about mutual funds or mm-hmm. pooled funds, and that's what a life cycle fund. It is a special type of mutual fund that adjusts with your age. And when he said the TSP, he's talking about the thrift savings plan, which is basically the 401k of the government. And um, these are good options, especially for somebody who doesn't really know enough and they just want something that they can set it and forget it. And um, it's what I call a no-brainer fund. So if you're not sure, choose one that matches your retirement date or basically your age. And as you say, it is more aggressive, heavier in stock as you're younger, gets more into bonds as you get older. Um, But the real problem I see with life cycle funds is often people think, oh, I need to still be diversified. So I'm going to have a life cycle fund and I'm going to add some other funds. You know, I'm going to add in your TSP, I'm going to add a a G fund or um, an S fund or an I fund. Um, But a life cycle fund is an all-purpose fund. It's everything under one roof. So if you choose that, that's the only one you need. You're going to have all the diversification you need within that fund. The big caution with life cycle funds is to watch out for expense ratios, annual expense ratios, and make sure that they're low. Okay, yeah, the, the, the expense ratio in these are pretty, pretty low. And I don't want to sound like I figured it out. I was fortunate. I was actually stationed with a guy that was a stockbroker. And um, we ended up being real good friends. And you learned. We, we would sit down and he would talk to me. And I was like, wow, I didn't know that. And, and actually, he would Barney it for me, make it real simple. And I picked it up and I was like, wow, it, 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 you're right. It is pretty easy once you get a grasp on it. But thanks for the info. Well, good luck with that. Thanks for the call, Kevin. Uh, Let's get one final call this hour, and it goes to John in Lexington. Good morning, John. You're on the air. Go ahead, please. Yes, good morning. My question or or information I'm seeking is on drip funds um, and how those programs work, and is it worth going through an an investment company like TD Waterhouse or something like that? Or I, I understand that drips, you buy directly from that company, and the fees are cheaper. Well, um, you a, a drip is, stands for dividend reinvestment plan. And all that happens with a drip is when you purchase a stock, and let's say Coca-Cola. And it has to be a stock that pays a dividend. So Coca-Cola pays a dividend once a quarter. And every time you get a dividend, instead of them sending you the cash, they turn around and buy more shares of Coca-Cola for you. And it's a great way to build a position over a long period of time in a stock. In our Mississippi College investment plan, we're doing that with Nike. So uh, as we go back and look at how many shares, we've got an odd number, 142 shares. It's because we have this dividend reinvestment plan. Yes, you can do it through a discount broker like a TD Ameritrade. You can deal directly with the um, custodian or the, the one who actually administers the stock purchase plan and deal with them either way. Um, most discount brokers are doing it for you without those fees, though, right now. Ah. And an example of a discount broker? TD Ameritrade, Schwab, E-Trade, um, any of those will work. Fidelity? Without... Without a fee? Um, the ones that we've seen, yes. Great. Okay, I'll look into that. Okay. It's, uh, 
Thank you so much. All right. John, thanks for your call. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Just got a couple of minutes left. Uh, it is tax time, and we talked to, uh, we've had uh, several tax experts on the show to help you uh, navigate the tax uh, situation this year. Uh, we were talking off air. Chris and I kind of both like the idea of getting that kind of big uh, tax refund every year. Uh, but, uh, Nancy, if you think that uh, you're paying in too much or getting too much back, you might want to review your W-4 form. Right. You just need to look at um, what you're declaring as far as your dependents, and that's going to determine how they calculate the tax that is due with every paycheck. And so um, if you get hit at the end of the year, oh my gosh, I have to write a check. Well, it could be maybe you have outside sources of income that's affecting that, or you have a household with more than one income, so it's you're not getting enough taken out on the front end. So you can adjust those um, and uh, so you don't have to face that bill. And the same goes for the other way. If, you get, if you're getting a big refund, it's because it's not being calculated correctly. So you can go back and ask for that to be adjusted. Also, I'd like to remind you that uh, this weekend, Friday, uh, March 11th, and Saturday, March 12th, in several cities across the state, uh, the Attorney General's Office is sponsoring a Community Shred Day. It's a chance for you to, for no charge, shred some of your personal information, things like receipts, pre-approved credit offers, maybe unused convenience checks, uh, to help try to protect your identity. Uh, Friday, they will be set up in Jackson and in Tupelo. Saturday, they'll be set up in D'Iberville, Hattiesburg, Meridian, and Vicksburg. For information on exact locations and more on the program, you can go to the Attorney General's website, which is aggjimhood.com. That's going to wrap us up for today. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from you, our listeners. One way to hear today's show or previous show is to go to mpbonline.org slash talks, And you can download the MPB Public Radio app and listen to your iPhone or Android phone whenever you'd like. Our show is produced by Sam Wells, and our call screener today was Java Chapman. For Chris Burford and Nancy Lottridge-Anderson, I'm Kevin Farrell. Stay tuned. Up next at 10, it's In Legal Terms. We'll be back next Tuesday at 9 for another Money Talks right here on MPB Think Radio.